Hi all, please note, these are generally conversations between adults after the children have left the table. The language can be spicy and the subjects can get saucy. So if you're ready, so am I. You are listening to The Southern Fork, a podcast that hosts kitchen chats with some of the most interesting people in the culinary South. I'm your host, Stephanie Burt, and I'm always hungry to learn more. Let's dig in. Southern Fork is supported by Cathead Distillery, the first and oldest distillery in Mississippi. I don't often drink vodka, but when there's a great Cathead Honeysuckle cocktail on the menu, I often make an exception. Distilled in small batches with a distinct taste of Southern Summer, it mixes well and is delicious in a Moscow Mule or with a little tonic and lemon. Go to catheaddistillery.com for more info or look for it at your favorite craft cocktail joint. Callie's Biscuits is located in the historic Navy Yard in North Charleston, South Carolina. And even on a day when I requested a quiet time to record my interview with owner Carrie Morey, there wasn't a quiet place available because they were simply too busy. So you'll hear the sounds of phone calls coming in, people scurrying about, the whole place is hardwood floors, and some tape gun action as they fill orders for shipping. That's okay, since Carrie has worked in the middle of this whirlwind for years and isn't phased by it. In fact, her life is kind of a whirlwind, with a wildly successful business, two restaurants, a cookbook, and three children under 11. We talk about all of that, and she brings out fresh cinnamon biscuits during our talk, so I forget for just a minute that I can't interview with my mouth full. You'll forgive me, right? Little in this world can beat a hot-from-the-oven Callie's cinnamon biscuit. Welcome to the Southern Fort, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. Well, nice to see you, too. Um, I used to see you a lot more. I know, like every morning at 7 a.m. with flour on our faces. That's right. And I was like the queen of the kerchief. I think I actually started the kerchief trend at Kelly's yeah, Biscuits, possibly. Probably, probably. Definitely uh, brought that into the bakery for sure. Well, um, Southern Fork listeners, we should probably tell you that Carrie and I have a long history. I used to be a part-time baker for Kelly's Biscuits. Um Way back when, it was not in this beautiful biscuit house, but down on Meeting Street in a small space that's now had a couple people Mm -hmm. in it since you left. But um, I was always trying to be a food writer, but I couldn't quite make a living, and so I would always work in food. Um, And Carrie was nice enough to give me a job making biscuits. So um, besides gaining 50 pounds or so, it was a good experience. (laughs) Well, you know it's too bad when your job is you're required to taste biscuits for a living. So and thank pimento you for cheese. That. Thank pimento you. cheese. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. the one thing, you know, I've cooked um, and done a lot of things and then now we get sick of it. You know, like I've worked at a restaurant where you had truffle fries and you never wanted to smell that smell again. 
the girls and I, we never got tired of the biscuits. It was like trying to keep it down. How many can you eat a day? I know. It's definitely still a problem. We're in our 12th year of business, and I still, if they have them out, which normally they always make a little batch or we test a batch, it's hard to pass them up when they're coming right out of the oven and you smell them. That and the cheese crisps have been my very big downfall lately. Well, and the cheese crisps, um, you've really expanded into some other things other than biscuits. Um, you have the cocoa and cream cookies now, which is your newest baby. But I've seen those for years at your girls' birthday parties, right? You have three girls. Yeah, I have three girls under the age of 11. And, um, you know, the expansion of the different products, they complement the biscuits. They're just more entertaining, more southern uh, goodies, but um, now that we're in this bigger space, it, it enabled us to really be able to look at that list of these are my dream products. This is it would be really fun to be able to offer this. So, well, and um, the bigger space is actually where we're sitting today, and this is the Biscuit House. Um, it's a historical property. It is, um, and it used to be what? Um, it well, we're we're sitting right behind the old Naval Hospital on the abandoned Navy shipyard. So this building in North Charleston. In North Charleston. So this building is a little. It's almost 100 years old next year. It's a registered historic property, and it was um, one of the naval heads of the Naval Hospital, his, his family home. So when I came across it, it was in beautiful condition, and, you know, houses that were made 100 years ago, or you, you just can't find them like this anymore. But it was really just untouched. It was untouched. Uh, we had to, you know, paint and stain the floors and add a new roof, but the inside was pristine, it had a separate cook's quarters in the back, which really tells you the time when, you know, now everybody puts their kitchen as the forefront and the center of homes. Back then, you know, all the cooking was done out of sight and presented and brought to the family. So I could just imagine that there were people here baking biscuits, and I just fell in love with the wraparound porches and the history of it. And, you know, to look outside and be able to roll dough and see magnolia trees and pecan trees out of your window, it's, it's a pretty nice place to come to work. And it's a very um, serene place, um, at least on the outside. On the inside, what we're hearing is a working biscuit bakery, and today is shipping day, so that's the sound of the tape gun. I remember that. Yeah, the tape gun. Do you remember when we used to schedule baking after shipping would, would yes. have to take place because the space was so small that we had to share it. So right. we would delay the bakers to come in so that we could get our shipping done. Now we're fortunate enough to have a baking area and a shipping area, which is really nice. So, yeah, they are our shipping orders today. Um, I think that's an, something that I'd like to talk a little bit about is the shipping. I think that really transformed your business when you realized that you could do this fresh product but really ship it to people. And I know you've said this a hundred times, but would you explain to us how your biscuits get to be fresh on a table in Ohio when they're baked here? Sure. Well, so we make everything by hand. So they are every bit of the process of uh, putting the dough together, rolling out the dough, stamping them, baking them, buttering them, freezing them overnight, and then vacuum sealing them. Um, ensures that you're going to have a perfect biscuit anytime you want to if you have them in your freezer. So In 30 minutes or less. Yes. Straight from freezer to oven. Correct. And, you know, you can cut that. Not that I've made them or anything. <laughs> 
wow, did you write those instructions? <laughs> <laughs> so we realized because my mother always made biscuits in bulk for her catering parties that I had never had a biscuit really straight out of the oven because she would always make them in bulk when we weren't around in the in the morning time when it wasn't so hot and then she would freeze them. So we would have them for months and you would always reheat them. So we never knew what it was like to have a fresh biscuit. So you really can't taste the difference in our opinion. So we knew that if we fully baked them, they were foolproof and then everybody could have them because if you just wrap them in foil and reheated them, then you would be able to have them just like we have all of our lives. So we have packed many, many, many coolers together. Yes. But so you ship actually coolers with dry ice, correct? Um, or gel, um, pack. gel packs. Yes, yes. We ship them um, not only to individuals that order on our website, but we ship them to uh, stores. We have about 250 stores across the country that sell our product, resell them in their freezer case. So um, a lot of towns, can you can get them um, right in your own hometown without having to order. And then we also ship to our hot little biscuit shops. So um, we ship biscuits and pimento cheese and all of the retail products that we have um, everywhere. So we, And we, they're made fresh at the biscuit house, and then this is available for retail takeaway. Correct. Right. So I remember um, I was around really when the biscuits were getting big, and I think at the beginning you were you just had this idea you had had children and you thought you could really be a stay-at-home mom but anybody that knows you for really five minutes <laughs> <laughs> knows that after a while you really wanted something else and you also wanted to be an example of a strong independent woman for your three girls so you started this business but it was really only a few three or four years in that you really came to the realization that it was going to go. Yeah, I mean, we. I always, well, first of all, I was inspired by my mom's great food, and, and without her have always been making these biscuits, I would have never um, come up with the idea to sell her biscuits. So. Because a lot of people won't know, but um, Callie is a, probably one of the most well-known caterers in Charleston. It was really, really known for her beautiful country ham biscuits at some mm -hmm. of the best soirees the city ever had right um and she still will come out of retirement very very yeah, every once in a while she'll cater a party for someone but you got a beggar um so you know the idea was never oh my gosh we're gonna have this biscuit empire and you know ship over a million biscuits a year and have hot little biscuit shops it was i want to be able to motivate and challenge myself and also be a mom, and I think as women, that is a hard balance to find. So it, literally in my mind, I thought, these biscuits are fabulous. It's not just a Southern thing. We should ship them, and I can work from home and play with my kids. And that's really how the idea started. It was never, oh, my gosh, I'm going to build this huge biscuit business. But what good fortune came of that is that, you know, as you get a little bit more successful, you get to start dreaming about, oh, well, what if we did this? And what if mm -hmm. we did this? And, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to have realized a lot of dreams in the last 12 years. And I love what I do. So I feel like I couldn't have a better situation. One thing that I always thought was something that you do especially well is you jump before you're ready. Yeah. 
And so I wondered if you could talk to people about that idea, because I remember specifically one time where you said yes to doing a tractor-trailer shipment <laughs> of biscuits, but we didn't have a loading dock. Yeah. And so you said yes, and then you had a moment where you said, I can figure this out. I can make it work. You know, I think you, it's a fine line. I mean, for me, fear is a really great motivator. So fear of failure is going to motivate me to, if I have to work days on end to make it happen, then I'll do that. Um, when you're already in it, I believe that no is never the answer. You know, there's always a way to solve the problem. So, I mean, every day there are a billion obstacles that you're going to come across and it's never no, it's how. How can we do this? Right. And know? solve the problem might be going in a different direction. Absolutely. But just being still and calm waiting at that moment it. and waiting yeah. to see the next step. Waiting for it to come. If somebody is asking you for a tractor trailer full of biscuits and the only reason you can't get it to them is because you don't have a loading dock, well, there is, a, there is a solution for that problem. Now, if you haven't started your business yet and you've never made a pallet's worth of biscuits and you don't even know what that is, then maybe it's not, the timing isn't right. So mm -hmm. look at where you are in the moment and if you only have one hurdle as opposed to 10, then it might be worth taking that risk. But, you know, just... I think timing is everything, and things have happened along my way. The Fresh Market is a perfect example. I tried to get our biscuits in there for the first three years. It never worked. Thank God it never worked. We would have never been able to fill those orders. I had no idea what that meant. Um, so timing has a lot to do with it as well. Mm -hmm. Well, your timing um, is also instrumental in opening Hot Little Biscuit yeah. and opening Hot Little Biscuit Atlanta, and I know that... Um, that was not really something that I, I can't really repeat, or we can because this can be completely explicit, but there were times when you were pretty sure that you weren't going to do that. So how did that change? Well, you know, sorry, somebody's calling for an order. <laughs> uh, well, with Hot Little Biscuit, obviously my passion has always been to be in the food business and own some sort of a restaurant but with three children at that time under the age of nine I couldn't figure out how to make it work but after my cookbook tour one person came into my life that helped me through that that I realized this person is going to move on if I don't provide an opportunity for her and so I started talking to her about okay this has always been a dream and I already have a name and here's the menu and nobody knows that I've been dreaming about this but I cannot do this on alone so I need to know that I have a good team behind me and um, that's how Hot Little Biscuit was born, Charleston at least. And, you know, I looked for years for space until I found exactly what I was looking for. And it is a little tiny biscuit of a space. Right. And I was uber conservative. Maybe some people would say too conservative. But how in the world were we ever to know that people would want to have this many? I mean, I am blown away and so humbled that we have the success that we have and I just keep thinking is it gonna last you know I, I mean it's just crazy so um, you know I think it's always good to be conservative and you can always um, you know build build a bigger house um, but I just I think what I'm trying to say is the timing was right my kids are getting older but I needed to have good people that I could count on that could help me do it because it takes a village and if I didn't have my team of people that 
make everything happen. I'm kind of the dreamer and then I have implementers. So that really helps. Well, how many people do you employ right now? Well, that's the interesting thing because two years ago, we I think for the last six or seven years, um, we had about nine. And then when I opened Hot Little Biscuit, it went up to about 25. And then Atlanta, and you know, these are the things I didn't think about. I looked at three months ago, and I have 40-something employees, and I panicked, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for that many mouths. That's a lot of pressure. So, um, but it's really exciting too, but you just, you don't, you don't think about those things, or at least I don't when I'm when I'm dreaming mm -hmm. about let's open another one, let's open another one, and what that means and the responsibility that you're taking on for for all of the people right. that are working so hard for you. Right, and it is hard work hand making biscuits. Oh my gosh! And you spend a lot of time away from the biscuit house, and you do a lot of publicity. You actually go meet with prospective clients and go to Atlanta. But during the holidays, you tie that hair back, you put on some clogs, mm -hmm. and you put on some danceos and get in here and bake. So will you tell me what it's like to go through a batch of biscuits? Well, I will tell you that in December, we got an unexpected, really big order from um, our distributor, and we sat down and like there weren't enough hours in the day. And this is the first time that this has happened. Uh, we had already planned out every day how we were going to make enough biscuits, and then this huge because order came through. Because the holidays is obviously your biggest time. Correct. So in addition to getting wholesale orders, we're getting incredible amounts of online orders, which we're so blessed for. So I had to look at my bakery manager and say, I will take on these two pallets, which just for anybody that knows um, anything about making biscuits, to hand make two pallets is about 1,500 dozen. So we're talking a little under 20,000 biscuits. Mm -hmm. That takes days and days of nonstop doing that. So I said I would take it on. And then I had to find a team of people that would come in and help me, alumni. <laughs> and um, I did I, not get that call. Oh, well, because you're so busy. <laughs> Christina got that call. <laughs> So, I mean, I had, I had old bakers that came in and we would come in on the off hours when my, my full staff wasn't in here. So I was in here on the weekends pumping out, you know, 20,000 biscuits on my own in addition to everything else going on here. So a lot of Advil, mm -hmm. definitely double socks in the dance goes, mm -hmm. um, cocktails, wine at night with big hot baths and a very understanding husband who um, knows that there's nothing happening when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just sitting and staring at yeah. this point. But the actual idea of making a biscuit, and you used to make all of them. Yeah. Um, it's still there. It's still like riding a bike. What do you really look for in the dough, like when you're working on a batch so it goes in different stages depending on where you are but you know with the butter you want it to be cut in just so so that it kind of looks like finely grated parmesan cheese then the next step for us if we're talking about a traditional buttermilk biscuit is adding cream cheese and not adding it as finely as you did the butter because you still want to see those little chunks of cream cheese um, and then 
I think the the hardest part for somebody who doesn't make biscuits all the time is getting the the liquid measure just right, which can vary depending on the weather, which you know. Um, and you know, it, you need what we call the technical term "wetty dough" in order <laughs> to make a really moist, right. cakey biscuit like it's we like. Barely put together. Correct. Barely. So put we don't together. mess with it. We get it just right, wetty. We you know, put it on the surface and, you know, my bakers yell because they won't let me train anybody because I never use a rolling pin because I just get it exactly how I want it with my hands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's almost comes apart, you know, down pillow. Like, I mean, just mm-hmm. no it does. form. That first batch, mm-hmm. the first round. Um, and you actually have brought some cinnamon biscuits, yeah. which are my favorite well, today. Um, but you have cinnamon. And the reason I love these biscuits, Southern Fork listeners, is because, well, they're just insane. But they have this gooey center layer, which is completely fat-free because <laughs> I know exactly what's in it, which is just a lot of butter and cream cheese and sugar and sugar cinnamon. and cinnamon but it also has the wonderful crustiness of a good cinnamon toast on top right so you get this biscuit you get this beautiful gooey cinnamon layer and trust me there was a lot of testing we were doing the cinnamons do you remember how gooey they used to be mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was always the texture was most important to me because you want you want a real cakey inside so that it's nice and moist but I'm a texture person so I want it to be a crunchy top so we have turbinado sugar on there extra butter um, and then of course the cinnamon topping yes and then there is the classic country ham biscuits. Yes, country ham. We also have cheese and chive, our classic buttermilk, shortcake, which is funny because I think people don't know what a shortcake is, and it's not one of our biggest sellers online. However, it's one of the biggest sellers at both of the HLB stores. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And then we have our black pepper bacon, which is one of the biggest sellers in Charleston, too. And I'm chewing. <laughs> <laughs> but... The black pepper bacon is a special favorite of yours. Well, I like it. I, you know, I we, that's my biscuit that that we created. We knew that we needed a um, a bacon biscuit, um, you know, just to add to the line, something different than the country ham. So um, I love black pepper and bacon, and it's very savory, and and I love the texture of that one as well. And you really are a black pepper fan. I am. Um, and cook- salt. <laughs> and your cookbook, you do a lot of things outside of the baking mm-hmm. world. You're really known for entertaining as well. And your recipes are healthy. Some of them are healthy. Some, Some of them are, are not. Helpful. <laughs> but why do you like black pepper? Why do you think it's a good thing to have for in a cook- kitchen? Well, I think that you don't need a lot. I think simple is better, and I think salt and butter and black pepper are really your secret weapons in the kitchen, and if they're used properly, you shouldn't need much more than that if you're making a non-ethnic meal. So, um, you know, the simplicity of it, the the height of the heat, um, it can provide texture. There's a lot of things about pepper that I love. Well... I think a lot of people love your biscuits. Oh, thanks. I hope so. <laughs> I think you know that, though, based on the amount of biscuits that you sell a week. So um, it's been an honor to really chat with you today on you. Southern Fork as a personal um, connection as well as a professional one. Um, 
But if people want to learn more about Callie's Biscuits, um, we'll definitely have some links on the website. You can see Carrie. I just want to say thank you for really amazing biscuits. Well, I just want to say I'm honored to be a part of podcast. What do we call this? This is it's so a not podcast. my area. I'm, <laughs> such a, I'm, I'm not educated in this world. but um, And I also want to just thank you for for being such a great part of my journey. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be a part of it. So thanks so much, and I'll let you go. And hopefully you won't have to work the tape gun, but if you do, I know you can do I it. I love a tape gun. <laughs> <laughs>been listening to the southern fork i can't wait to bring you more culinary conversations but in the meantime i have one question are you gonna eat all that (laughs) 